That's probably enough time. I really like the idea of a hell of a lot of people playing with their volume because you leave a little bit of a pause at the start of the podcast. Is that horrible? <laughs> I'm really enjoying podcasts. I can't believe I fell for that in real time. <laughs> this is the second time he did it. <laughs> oh. Hello, Alana. Hello, Nigel. Hello, Timothy. TK. How are you guys going on this lovely Friday today we're recording this? Oh, Friday. Different. Racing towards the end of the week, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's, it's done, mate. We're in the final furlong. <laughs> <laughs> Racing term. I know. <laughs> Go for it. Excellent. Um, partnerships. Um, our podcast last week has been getting a little bit of traction and um, the title was Partnerships Are Horrible. And um, <laughs> it's a little, little clickbaity, obviously, but need to talk about this because um, uh, obviously we've had a hell of a lot of experience with um, our own partnerships and partnerships in general life, but also it's where we see a lot of the challenges come from typically. Um, not all the challenges, but a type of challenge. I don't know a partnership that's never gone through some level of, um, I guess, uh, what we call it, um, recalibration at times and and particularly with smaller businesses and in this SME space, a lot of people um, get into partnerships because they don't have a lot of money to start the businesses. So they're self-funded and they find someone else who also wants to start a business or they're telling someone their business idea and they go, oh, that sounds really good. I'd like to do that too. And then you end up having all these partnerships. But I think um, we've been speaking a little bit off air that we want to delve into this topic um, a little bit because it done well partnerships have a tenfold effect like having people you can trust people that are contributing people that are on the same page um, confidence that their futures are also intertwined into the success of a project partnerships can be an amazing uh, fast track to where you want to go if you get the right partner you are not only lucky but it's it's an amazing support network particularly in sme space on the flip side and this is where we want to delve a little bit into is if you get the partnership wrong, wrong person, wrong terms, wrong basically anything, it can be debilitating, absolutely debilitating. It can take years and years to come back from. You may never come back from. It's psychologically exhausting. It's it's horrible. I mean we've all had poor partnerships, not just business ones but in general life mm. and this is something we need to address. Absolutely. That's what today is. Well, I mean, let's. why don't we just get straight into it and in terms of um, how do you see, Lana, I mean, what for you when sort of getting into a partnership, we've got a unique one obviously where husband and wife um, running a group of companies together. Yeah. What are the things we started, uh, let me give it a bit of context, we started when we were dating owning a business together. Yes, we which, did. Which, yeah, it makes me laugh too because everyone was saying you're just idiots. You are absolute idiots. But in terms of that, take me through it a little bit for you in, at that time because that was sort of a very big step for us. Absolutely it was. Uh, I think we got into partnership because we saw that skills aligned. And Definitely. that we've worked hard on our partnership in and I just mean in the business sense, not relationship sense, in the business sense of when we first started, I was my early 20s and that's obviously the perfect time to be learning about life. And when you're learning about life from your boyfriend who becomes a teacher in sense of the business, it can be really hard 
to be okay with some of the information that's being told to you. You're really lucky. (laughs) 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 I wish I had me to teach me then. (laughs) I'm only joking for everyone who's just switched off now. Well, luckily uh, now you can listen to yourself (laughs) every day. Every day. (laughs) But absolutely, that's Mm. interesting. Um, But I was able to – how do I put this? I was able to see the expectations based on your skill set. So our partnership was never – was always equal and always one of equality but it was never equal in terms of who was doing work or who was doing ideas. We both had ebbs and flows of when our partnership needed to rise or fall Um, and that's something – it is reflected in our personal life. There will be times when I'm having a, quote, terrible month and you will step up and you will take the slack that's required in the same way if you're having a not-so-good week, I personally will step up. Our business relationship is the same – in that if something is required that I don't have the skill set in, our partnership says that you will step up and help to find that skill set. Equally, if your skill set's not um, usable in a situation but mine is, that's where I will step up. So it's never a short-term equality play. It's always a long-term plan. Let's. Um, I think we should explore that in some depth because I think that's probably one of the key topics around partnerships. But you brought up a good point is we're, we're obviously a family, Alana and I. So you see a lot of family businesses um, that have gone through many generations because they've managed to keep the family unit all focused on the family business. So they're used to it and it's a little bit more powerful because obviously if it's your family, you can treat your family a little bit different than you can treat an employee or, or something like that because there's conversations that are had that probably you can only have with a trusted family unit knowing that people just can't leave the next day, if you could imagine that. I know that sounds a little um, not politically correct because... We've had arguments that you and Nigel as a partnership would not be able to have. No, no, we couldn't have those ones um, that were... They wouldn't be legally correct (laughs) to have. Um, But it is why also when you see family businesses and things like that that have managed to navigate those challenges are very, very successful because regardless of all the stuff you go through, they're still focused on everyone still knows that you still have to make this work and we're going to keep building the business. So when you've got that safety net of we're family and blood's thicker than water, it's great to have more robust conversations. It doesn't mean you don't have arguments but it's a very interesting dynamic of why I think a lot of family businesses that are super successful get to be that successful because at the end of the day they still know that regardless of what happens here, we're not going to close this business down or we're not going to not get a solution or we're not going to not hurt feelings because we're family. We'll we'll get over it. And I think if you're not in the love formal partnership, so if you're a friend partnership, that's where communication is so fundamental because you can make mistakes in communication if you've got a family member as your partner. If you make a mistake in the communication as a friend partnership, there's some things you just can't come back from. Absolutely. You can't, sometimes the pieces don't go back together. You break it or shatter it once. Doesn't matter all the things you do to fix it. The cracks never go away. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beginning of the end. And so I think in terms of my beginning of a partnership, and I would even say that Nigel and I are in a partnership and we're lucky that we communicate in the same way. We communicate at the same level in the same terms, even though we talk about different things. So our partnership on communication is fabulous. Same with expectation. Yep you and I communicate differently but now we've done it for so long, our communication is now good as well. 
Absolutely. And we, we should say we, we sought out um, help during our, our 10 year stint or our first 10 year stint, which we're in about halfway because we felt that the cost of doing what we were doing could be the relationship if we don't. Oh, I probably, I'm probably making that a bit more dramatic for the podcast. It a bit dramatic. Because I, I think we both would have stopped the business if we thought it would have affected our relationship. So I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there for those who might be going through similar. We, Alana and I were committed to our relationship, but we certainly aren't people who let projects not work. No. We didn't want to sacrifice our relationship or the business, so the decision was let's not ever be put in that situation. Yeah, so we, we, we proactively sought out some support and help during those times, people we, we could speak to, some structures around our communication, um, which looking back is very mature. Look, we should, if I could <laughs> well reach, done, Tim. Yeah, if I could reach you, I'd <laughs> high-five you. I mean, you were early 20s, I was later 20s, but we were still, um, that's pretty good foresight. No wonder it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good by us. I never really thought about that but I was now looking back and, you know, we know people our age. They're not thinking about should we put in place some steps in case something happens in a few years. That's that was very good. Mm. So we, we did that and we navigated that and obviously we had big ambitions so we wanted to um, cross all the T's and solid. dot all the I's type thing. Yeah, we yeah. were. Um, but equally for us, Nigel, I mean, we've been in partnerships in a whole lot of different range. I mean, we were friends um, Nigel was actually, I think, my second employee in my second business for a very short amount of time (laughs) and then he was a partner. But when he walked in for his first, it's a story for another podcast, (laughs) um, but we became um, friends pretty quickly and partners shortly thereafter. But we've had an iteration of a few businesses, both as partners in the business and both as um, owner-employee. Yeah, I've worked for you, near you, uh, with you, around you. In despite of me. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered that then, one. Yeah. But we've we've done all that. So that's a fairly unique um that's a fairly unique experience to have someone or two people in your life that have been around for a long time and been able to transition different iterations of yeah. partnerships. And I think that's what we should explore today is why is this sort of working? And I think if we're talking about that SME space in quite like yep. you, where your Alana's, the way you and Alana became a partnership and the way you and I became a partnership are almost dichotomous. Mm. They're complete opposites. You planned and went, hey, we've got skill sets that yep. would work. We lucked into it. Like we went, okay, we're friends and then went, oh, I'm naturally better at this. And we had a, a quite a few iterations and some yep. a lot of learning on my part because when I first came in, I came out of being artsy uh, and yeah. had no business background. So I had a lot of learning to do as well. Um, there's whether I would consider us probably the the archetype of the average SME, Yeah, how they start partnerships. Yep. So there was little thought into it. It's just, oh, we happen to be in the same space and, oh, let's do this together. Oh, absolutely, and and sometimes these these partnerships, um, I mean, most commonly start like that with SMEs because if you've got two people with an idea and probably not the means or experience to do it on their own, mm. and it's also bloody lonely. Like it's really lonely when you're starting a business. You actually want someone to do it with. There are some late so night. It's not only lonely when you start the business; it's lonely throughout the business. Oh, absolutely. I was telling someone the other day. I can't remember feeling more lonely in my life, but not loneliness as in. 
um, depression sitting in a corner type loneliness. You just feel isolated at times as the business grows. So it's a different form of loneliness and maybe loneliness isn't the right word to, to, to use that now. But when you're starting out and you're looking to find someone to work with, it's basically because oh, I, I like he's my mate, he's my friend, we'll do this together because yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't look at it as, but it's a flippant dis- decision, isn't it? Over, oh my god, what you don't think of? We could still be here in ten years together doing the same thing. Is this the person I want to be? Because you change hugely in ten years. Yeah. How long did it take both of us to ask the people that we ended up getting married to to marry them? <laughs> and yet we just went, oh yeah, no, let's let's just do this together. But they're legally like if you go into the proper legal partnerships, it's harder to get out of a business than a marriage often. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm not looking uh, to to have personal experience on either of those. (laughs) Um, But but that's right. And this is what we've got to talk about is some of the pitfalls of not structuring it correctly at the start. And structure not from a legal point of view. That's pretty simple. But actually talking about expectations of a partnership. And and for those of you listening out there, I'm probably wanting to really – have the people who may be in a partnership now but feeling like it's not quite right or not feeling like they're in a partnership. They might be structured as a partnership but they're actually sitting there going, do I actually feel like I've got a partner? And that's the bit that's a horrible feeling because, you know, as, as I said, my I come from a generally negative space, um, not negative, it's the wrong way to put it, but when I look, I always look at, I walk in and go, who's doing their job? Who's doing well? Who do we still need? Who's yeah, Not because it's the way I evaluate the world looking for risk more than that so you know we talk about pushing towards a goal or backing back but from a partnership point of view when you've just gone in together now we need to talk about what conversations do you need to have at the start or should you have at the start so you don't end up with a partner who's not really a partner and you're living with resentment Mm. absolutely Uh, from my point of view it's definitely the idea of the progression of the business based on the input of the individuals so tim you are a strategy person you built businesses with myself up to a point where you had to step out. Your job had been done. Yep. Move, you know, four, five, six years down the track. I'm still in those businesses doing what would be deemed implementation work, regardless of if it's being a general manager. I'm in that business every day. And it's really easy. Yep. So an operational role still operational, to be played yeah. in those businesses. Yep. It's, it's really easy in a partnership to say, well, I'm doing all of this work. I should be paid more. When in actual fact... I never would have gotten to the point that I am at had our partnership not been that you did the heavy lifting at the start and then I was able to take over and keep that heavy lifting going. Can we break that down maybe in a little bit more detail because it's absolutely correct but I think they might have the nuance of that might have slipped through if you're just listening to it now. And What we're talking about is we started as a partnership, mm-hmm. 50-50 partners yep. and we had a role to play each. So for me at the time it was – restructuring the way the business model was going to be. Correct. And that type of work is thinking work, experience work, modelling work, all the things that I really enjoy doing. And at the time, I said, Lana, this is what I think the business should be and this is why it will work and here are the financials of what we can do and we should try this. And you were very open to that, which is okay. But the execution around that was Lana executing the model and going out and we were doing a bit of it together but Lana's more the execution supremo in our relationship so we got to a point where we execute or lana executed really well we both were growing the business but i essentially became redundant for the next 12 months because 
what am I meant to do now? I've set the model, I've done that. Now the question comes up is have I contributed enough to still be an equal partner? Absolutely. And it's a question well, that a lot of people in yeah. partnerships will be asking. Yeah, but And it's a why? relevant question until you actually say, well, where would you have been without that? Great. So how long is that contri- that contribution? Is that now I've done my lifelong contribution to the business or is that you've done enough for this year to earn your keep? Mm. Uh, and this is where communication, fundamentally important. That's my expectation of you is that if I need you and we actually we had this discussion. Certainly did. We had this discussion. You were talking about starting Philodomo. Yep. And do you remember my only caveat around that? Um, that I'm there when I, you need me. If I call your phone, you answer. Yep. So that's why I've always got my phone in um, meetings. <laughs> <Podcast. Yeah. laughs> with, with me no, it's, it's actually true because my word was that I promised that wherever I am, I will pick up your phone call that you will never not be able to get to me. That was the caveat before you sacked me from the last company. <laughs> sacked me by putting me as a permanent board member, advisor and I was still being paid by that company because at the time we were taking a wage from the company. Yeah. But that's because our communication was clear in where we were both making contribution. Yeah. And so then though that jumps into yes, your contribution continues because when I've got a question or I need to change something in that business, I call Tim and I get my answer. So you're my consultant. You're my person that I go to to sense check the next step of the business. And so as business partners, if we go back to the friends, that person at the start who gives more, as long as the discussion has been had that you're going to give less but what you give less is actually of equal value to what you were doing at the start, that's equality. And in there lies the problem. Yeah. Because Alana and I can have this conversation as um, partners and also we're in a relationship. So to be fair, it didn't matter. Um, as long as Lana was happy and I was happy, then that was pretty much fine for us. When you don't have a relationship where you might not be married to your business partner or you might be with a friend or you might be with a stranger or you might have been put together by random people because you guys both like business and things like that, all the million of different ways this can come about. For us, it was that communication of what role did everyone need to play but also then what happens as the business evolves because that was – okay for the first two years. Now, when we started bringing on staff and other partners, the conversation changes because those other partners who might be equity holders in an entity, they're looking at is, what does your husband do and why does he get paid? Now, what used to be, he gets paid for the contribution he made well before you're getting here for setting this up, for having a model that works and everything else. What happens then? And you're trying to sell into maybe new partners that are coming into the business, equity holders, profit shareholders, whatever it is. And you're feeling like, why do I even need to justify this? But it's not unfair for the people who are becoming partners in that business to understand why we're paying someone who basically we see once a month. And that comes back to the communication. What is the roadmap of the partnership? What is the roadmap of the business? Now, you and Nigel, have you had this discussion of your partnership? When we first started off, we didn't actually have the discussion. And to be quite honest, it did cause um, some issues from in exactly what you're saying, like yep. resentment in bringing it up because – but you guys were running concurrent kind yep. of things at the same time and you guys would spend 24 hours together. Yep. I'd be in the house, out of the house, all those yep. kind of things. 
would say that I would probably be the, again, I'll go back to the archetype of the people, the person that's learning as they go. So yep. I've always been around you guys in my business life, yep. essentially. And yep. you guys progress forward very quickly. Sometimes that communication side of things, um, when it's a part, when you're just physically not there, you miss steps in it. I had to catch up to the point where I went, oh, crap, no, because you did a similar thing around the modelling of one of our. There was, I just went, that's brilliant. It changes the landscape of what we're doing. Yep. Getting into it, as we know, all know, every company has heavy lifting. If you're the implementer in that business and it's five, six, seven nights of 12, 14, 16-hour sure. days, there's a little bit you go, hey, wait a second, why is uh, Tim not here or why is that? But when we exited that business, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that it was, no, there's there's return on investment or there's return on involvement. Yep. So in that return on involvement, if you had only spent 30 seconds and it was an off-the-cuff comment that you went, hey, do this, that made us all that money over that time. Yep. But it took me a while to grow oh, to, uh, to get to that point and go, yep, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is – and. As, as you guys can hear, I'm, I'm certainly not thinking that um, I'm a perfect partner because also it's understanding your own value in a company and where you contribute because on, on the flip side, let's just play that as a flip side, the only reason I'm in partner with both of you is because of the money I didn't have money to just pay for what your skill set I could get from you and that's the reality. Yep. Because um, <laughs> frankly don't need um, – you had skill sets I could buy but I couldn't afford it so we made a deal. Yep. The deal wasn't weighted well from my side but at the time I didn't have a track record so it was a really good deal for me and a really good deal for you and it was a good – that's why we're still sitting here as friends so many years later because it was always fair. If not, we allowed it to be fairer to make sure the mechanism of the friendships kept going. That's that's how I feel from my point of view. Um, But equally on the other side is as you get into partners with guys like you, you realise you have money can't buy skills. And I think this is where the challenge is because I want to deeply respect what I just said. So when we when we we listen back, I know you guys aren't thinking any other way, but the why this worked was because these guys have money, can't buy skills. And so the partnership kept evolving and I wanted as a partner to also continue to contribute because I was getting the things that I thought should happen was being done and no one else could do that in the way you guys could do it. I've got a really, I'll say funny story on this. Please. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, in Tim and my partnership, it is very easy for everyone to see the work that I do and not the work that Tim does. And Nigel, I think you're probably the same. We yep. do the output. Tim does the input side of it. Yep. And my mother <laughs> took me aside one day and made sure that I knew that it was my job to make people out there see that I would not be where I am without Tim. Jeez. What a... Oh, God. My mother loves me. <laughs> no, that is true. She yeah. loves me deeply but she was seeing this... The best, Dan. This whirlwind. <laughs> really this, helpful. Thank you. This whirlwind around me of I was a young 20-something and I was impressive to all these people and all this sort of stuff. So I was getting and still to this day I get a lot of credit but a lot of credit doesn't always get then given to Tim by the outside world. That's okay. I'm, I take cash and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a really interesting no. point to Nigel's point to what you were just talking about is this equality in partnership 
it's not investment, it's not input, it's not output, it's not all of these things. It's this equality of we have had this discussion to build whatever we are building. Whatever has to be done, the heavy lifting, the idea, your skill set does that. Once you're past your skill set, you want a partnership that takes the next step with you. I mean, it's really, and thank you. I mean, it's a very nice story for you to say and also very nice of your mother. But <laughs> I, I also, as much as I'd love to um, bathe in that for, you know, the next 50 years, uh, you guys are, this is not a you know, mutual admiration club, no. but you guys are pretty special. This has worked because we've had, we've given each other the time to go through the learnings we had to at each iteration. Yeah. And when you're friends, it works well. If you're friends that don't have that level of communication or trust, because the one thing I always knew, even when we had tough times and some of the business we were in, we had tough times. Yeah. Equally me on the other side going, why am I doing this? Like is this actually worth the effort? Because I feel like I'm playing a role that I shouldn't have to play with a partner. Like that's what it is. Do it. I'm not having these low-level conversations. And I know we've, we've addressed them separately but we've always come to the point as I'd never want to lose you as a friend, as a wife, as a – whatever it was at that time because at the at that we sort of had that still it was bigger than the business yeah and now it, it's the same sort of thing but we've got more responsibility so the business actually the biggest businesses we have are bigger so we can't just be so flippant with like Lana and I we'll just close it down then and we'll start again we can't we've got people's lives we've got families that of our employees that are being fed I, I feel a different pressure that I can't be flippant with the way I would just sacrifice as long as I kept the friendship or um marriage i don't really care but i'd feel now there's too many people involved we actually have to be more mature <laughs> than you know as i said throwing the toys out of the cot because no nah, let's not figure and i really think that's been a key part of a good partnership yeah so what then happens people listening obviously they're hearing this lovely loving of stuff that we've never said to each other before mm. which is kind of <laughs> nice um what if they don't have that so I've got a friend, I've been in partnership with them and even this is not just the start of it. This could be a 10-year partnership sure. where the friendship is probably slowly fading because oh. of the business partnership and this is something that you two do work quite hard on is maintaining the friendship outside of the partnership. What do they do? What are their options? What What is even the first step of the next step? Well, totally and, uh, and just if you're in a, any sort of partnership, you can't expect it to be the same in a couple of years' time anyway unless the business doesn't evolve and that's a bigger problem. Yeah. So you have to work out how are you going to evolve and as partners, how often do you speak about the partnership? So the first thing we, we ask people is, great, um, what's the exit for this partnership? And well, we haven't discussed it yet. So you're already in a dangerous partnership because you've got an inevitable problem coming your way and you have no plan around something that is just a matter of time. Partnerships don't last forever. They shouldn't last forever. They can't last forever. So literally if they play out your whole lifetime, unless you sort of notebook it, one of you is going to die earlier. Like it's going to happen. So we actually have to... You know, the notebook, they fall asleep together and die just in case they didn't get the reference. <laughs> so, I actually oh, did. Good, because <laughs> I felt that needed a bit more of a laugh, to be honest with you. I felt it was a good reference. Um, it was a great reference. Thanks. I really, I really, come on, guys. Like, Big uh, Ryan Gosling fan, are we? I just, it would be really nice if you got a bit of the vibe going. I'm just, I'm, I'm working hard here. It's a Friday. It's the fifth bloody podcast of the week. But what do they do? What's their. That's right. And it's, ha it's having that conversation with your partner at the start, business partner or what, whatever. 
what's the exit for this? How do I get out of this partnership and how, what's the agreed upon way? What's the process with it? Because you need to have an exit clause, an exit um, plan. It's just smart business. We shouldn't be living in delusion. So I think the first thing is around that communication is what are the expectations of you as a partner? So actually talking about if Nigel sat with me now and we were equal partners in this, I'd be saying, great, what are the expectations of me from your point of view? And I would equally give mine to him. Now, if you can't have a robust conversation around that, you've got a challenge because there's going to be challenges that come up in the partnership. I mean, Lana and I, we have robust conversations but not as much as they used to, to be honest, to be fair, Lana. I think I have personally matured quite a bit. I think you have also matured quite a bit. <laughs> is, is that I just the... caught my words going, you've matured very nicely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yes, our discussions are less robust because we figured out what the other person actually means when they say something. Great. So that's a, a lot for us around communication style. So if you want to be a good partner, do you know your partner's communication style? And people, some people out there would be going, well, what is a communication style? We talk. Exactly. Yeah. Go and do some work on communication styles and work out how your partner communicates. So we have a rule here. Um, the job of communication is for the person who's communicating to make sure the person they're communicating to understands, not that you've just told them something. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. And I think for, for me the, the start of it is – you don't get this communication right it's um nothing else matters it's yeah. doomed you you can go in without any of the other formalizations and those kind of things if you can communicate properly you can find your way through even if you've got everything written down in bullet points and notarized <laughs> and everything like that if you can't talk to each other you are screwed absolutely and also you can't bullet point the journey of the business because every variable changes. So what you need is a framework in which you'll always communicate. It's not detailed contracts. No. That's why lawyers exist because detailed contracts are interpreted still two different ways. I had an old um, mentor that used to say, that's fine, that's the contract. Now what's the spirit of the contract? Because if you don't understand the spirit of the contract, you're going to end up in court. Now, that doesn't mean people can't break their word or change the way that they viewed it, but you have to also remember that there needs to be a spirit in which you entered the agreement regardless if you could win legally. And that's the key. And that's the key with a lot of this is making sure the right spirit's in it. Now working out the fundamentals is what we have to discover is, so if you're there and you're in a partnership and you don't feel like you're in a partnership, why don't you feel like it? Is it because that person's not doing the output you expected or they're not doing the output you expect of yourself. We've gone through this before, I think, Nigel, with, so is it just, yep, we do 14-hour days? How do you actually manage that? So how do you mean? How do you manage? Well, if I'm sitting here in a partnership in a business and I'm doing 14 hours and my partner's doing 12, and we spoke about it at the start, which is, well, what is the actual output required? So when you enter a partnership, what is the expectations of the time of the business? How do you actually work that out? Is it whatever it takes? I would think from our conversations and it's taken a while to get around there, um, it's the result. It's you may be able to achieve a result in an hour or the same result. If your result is the one that we're after, then from my point of view, done. Yep. If, my res if the result that I've committed to takes me 14 hours to do, 
that is my commitment to the business. That is what I need to do to do that. Mm, but that's a tough thing to determine when you're probably new in business and also if you don't have a relationship that's family orientated. Like we we behave like brothers. Yeah. Um, Lana and I are married, so it's a little bit different. This is where the Nigel and I are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> something really wrong with that. <laughs> but but I think that's the key. So if you're in a partnership right now, you need to work out a way with your partner of how you make sure those expectations are clear. What is it for you guys? or girls or whatever you are, how do you make sure it's right? Because the other thing also, this comes into shareholding. Some people think that, oh, that we pay that shareholder so much now that the business is successful. But they're the ones that put up at the front. Guess what? That's the job of the shareholder or the investor. So people resent the investor because they made so much money and done none of the work in, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so it's... The ridiculousness around seeing things that you don't understand based on when you made a deal and in the future, people forget that really quickly and that's where the I think a lot of resentment in partnerships come from particularly which is, well, I don't see their value now because this thing's worth a lot more. Yeah, and it's it's so common in not even just small businesses because we know people listening to this podcast, their employees who their partnerships are the people that they work with in the same team. Mm. Mm. So it's not just business partnerships who own or are shareholders or whatever it might be. It's within a team you've got partnerships and if you see one person doing something slightly different or getting rewarded in a different way, you have that same feeling and it really does come back to this idea of communication but also using the person or the partner for what they're meant to be used for. Yep. And that's um, – <laughs> How do I put this nicely? Nigel and I have meetings about making sure that we have clearly understood Tim's direction. Does that make me a poor communicator? Nope. Nope. Not Good. at all. That's <laughs> Not at all. Tick. <laughs> this is our partnership of making sure, so we're employees, yep. making sure that we're doing our job as we have understood it to be. Well, that, that's probably important to give a bit of context at the moment. Right now, I'm the boss and I'm the shareholder. Not right now. You are the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just assume that, you know, at some time that <laughs> you're going to come at me. But um, no, I'm only yeah. – but right now this is my company. Correct. And these guys are working in the the sake of an employment um, – their class, but they act like partners. And obviously the remuneration around that is we have our own arrangements, but that's that's secondary. It's a completely different dynamic this time because we've evolved again, which is yeah, my wife works for me. My mate works for me but I still now have bigger responsibilities. This is not easy if you don't have that clarity of, as you, as Lana said, they've worked out mechanisms to interpret what I need because the dynamics shifted again. Yeah, and if, if I'm having a, I don't know, a bad day or something, I know that that is not my partnership with you to in the middle of the day go to you and say I'm having a bad day. That's not our partnership because you will come at me as a husband, not as a CEO. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my other partnerships in the business that I can go to to have those discussions with them. And so it's a partnership is not just a friend that you work with as a, a business owner. It's that person in the business. Make sure that you're going to the right person with the right communication or the right problem. Yeah. Otherwise you are going to affect that partnership. If, you, if you're at, a, I don't know, a small agency or something, you can't be going to the owner with boy problems yeah. because yeah. that will affect how that person sees you. And so, again, just communication and these expectations of 
how do I be the best person that I can be in this partnership and what are, what are my expectations for performing? So maybe we take that, that idea now and, and translate it into a remuneration point of view because I think that's where a lot of difficulties come with a partnership is you start to mature as a company and you, the roles have, have changed. But re- regardless of let's call it a 50-50 partnership when people start off which is quite common. Mm-hmm. So we look at the 50-50 partnership and as the business starts to mature, people um, still act as 50-50 partners. But there's got to come a point where you separate your partnership and ownership in the business to um, what the business needs right now. And even the conversation of partners shouldn't be being paid the same. And you see a lot of immature businesses that go, great, how many partners you got? Oh, there's three of us. Great, what's the remuneration level? Oh, we're all on 80K, we're all on 150K, whatever it is. You go, well, that's interesting. Why is that? They go, well, that was just a number we always want to be equal. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that if all the partners have agreed upon that. But there's times in a, a business's life cycle where people will be more valuable or they'll play a different role that we used to use the rule, you get remunerated at market rates and then your ownership in the business as a dividend or whatever it is makes up the difference. But we want people to be remunerated based on the job they're doing in the business as it matures a lot of partners the whole time just basically look at it as, no, we're just 50-50, we don't take a wage and we just split dividends. But that can cause a lot of resentment if someone's having to play a more operational role or have more impact. Well, even, sorry, just to add into that, um, there's, I've seen it happen quite often where partnerships will form and one person's responsible for BD sales and they're going out and winning all the work and that's then yep. they can then the other person then is the person with the technical skills to deliver sure. it against the executive the, the operational executive, person yeah. yep and the salesperson all of a sudden goes if we're going 50-50 the whole time go well why are we going 50-50 I'm the one that's winning all the work I'm doing all this I'm the one that's going you're just going and doing the job and you go well you're both <laughs> symbiotic you can win whatever you want if that person doesn't deliver on it then again you're going nowhere that's where the market rate comes in of because let me give you – let me build on that idea. So you've got a gun BDM that is an owner of the business or a partner and they go out and they're winning all the work as Nigel said. They bring it back to the other partner who's operationally doing it but that other partner is actually working unrealistic hours. So they're not actually bringing in the work but they're doing the work of one and a half people. Yeah. And so you start looking at the work rates and what's – you know, what's actually happening within the business. And that's fine. This is very common that it at times people are doing unreasonable thing. When you own the company, you have to. But that's the the communication that you must have, which is, well, do we value it the right way? So if Nigel's doing the work of two people, is he being valued the same way as his remuneration versus someone who's going out to win all the work that if there was no work, he actually wouldn't have anything to do in the business. And that's back to that completely transparent, honest conversation around how the business is valuing those skill sets, not the partners. Yeah. Big difference. And so would it just be having this discussion? Is this what we're saying to the people listening who are in a partnership, good or bad, because this can also be preemptive as opposed to reactive? What what do they do? How do they actually make sure that they can have partnerships like we are lucky enough to have in their business? Well, in hindsight now I think you have a third person to facilitate some of these conversations. I'm a big um, – unless you've got really great communication um, styles already and an open, honest relationship where you can have safe conversations without 
creating anything that's going to be disruptive to the company, then all power to you. But I think that's quite rare. Um, only now do I feel that we've probably got into that space, but it's been a lot of years of pain and, you know, troubles and communication that didn't go well and it delays you for a month because you're harboring resentment or thought or whatever it is. But mm. if you can't get someone like that, you must be at least having a conversation as this as a topical conversation, not necessarily the partners at each other. What do we think of this? How would we do it? When the business evolves, what do we see the roles we're going to play? What is the actual role you want to play when this is where we want it to be? Because a lot of the time, a lot of partners are just so in the moment growing a company that no one's ever thought about where they want to end up in the company. So part of our transition with Alana and I was I got moved once we set up the structure is I started playing a sales role. I wasn't particularly good at <laughs> sales role. Um, but I kept getting roles that I wasn't really aligned to nor did I want to do and I was doing them because I wanted to support Lana but they weren't where my skill set was. So basically it was – well, I didn't realise till the time I was on my way out. It's, it's, I just find it really interesting because I've never heard you say that before and yet you've just described pretty much every role that I've played within a business, in our <laughs> businesses, is that I keep you know, just filling the gap until yeah. there's somebody better in it and I'm going – Oh, no, nobody understands what that going. And you're sitting over there doing the exact same thing on the other side. Yep. Oh, well. Communication, right, okay. <laughs> well, we might call that observation but no. But this is there's, it's no, there's no right or wrong way to do this and I think that's what we're all talking about but it has to come from a point of um, you need to be able to communicate well and that really is the be-all and end-all of partnerships. Yeah, and I know this you know, could be another podcast unto its own but this idea of 50-50 split is terrible. Honestly, at least 49-51. Someone has to be the decision maker. Yeah. Love it or hate it, someone needs to take that step. And in every one of those 50-50 businesses, there is someone that is naturally the decision maker uh, and will always make the decision but then not being able to do it and have to discuss yeah. Do, doing a, a little trick for working that out, you just sit there with the two people and you ask a question and whichever partner turns to the other one, that's the decision maker. If they both turn at each other, we need another person. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it works really well. It's quite funny. Just muck around with your friends and try it out. But uh, listen, partnerships are tough. They're, they're really tough without when they're not set up right but they're such a powerful thing if you get them right. I want to say that in our businesses, our remuneration has never been even with any of you guys. There's always been, um, even though that I was a setting up of the strategy and all that, then operationally you guys were the first ones to eat from the bowl. And then once we started making profit, the way I earn my money is to collect dividends from that. So the way we structured was more, hey, if you do well in the role that you're playing, you're going to eat first. But if you don't, we're also going to starve first because I've got other things that are supporting my um, personal remuneration. It's the way I like to work because I know I'm not an operational um, person. But you've got to work out that structure for your partnership is what is the thing that's going to not only drive the partnership but is most fair. Because if we'd come in and go, no, no, we're just because um, we're earning money now, we're splitting it 50-50 down the middle, it just wouldn't work. And it, it that's what you have to work out is how do I need to structure this partnership or how do we need to structure this partnership so everyone gets to what they need the fastest because as soon as you take that pressure off, you can pretty much work all the other stuff out, I feel. 
Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It, honestly, and we keep saying this, communication and an end goal. What is the point of this partnership? Are you building a business? Are you just there to make money? Do you want to feel all warm and fuzzy about creating beautiful things? If you're on the same page with that, then the money discussion is much easier. Yeah, but that money discussion has to be had because you've seen that from what would be really successful partnerships and going really well until it gets to a crunch point or an exit point where money becomes involved and they get ugly very quickly. Or they can get ugly very yeah. quickly, sorry. Yeah. Absolutely and I think there's probably a, another point on on a type of partnership when say you've got more than even with two people or three people in a partnership you get to a point where people go through life stage changes where they might not want to be killing themselves just for the business. They might have a family, they might have a new relationship, they might need to chill out because they're getting burnt out. But at some stage, one of the partners might not have the same ambition as the other partners. It was all nice at the start, but when it gets to the actual reality of what needs to happen at that point in time, it's different when you actually have to make a decision. Right now, if I said, guys, who here wants to be rich? You'd all be like, 100%. I go, great. All you have to do is give me the next 20 years, 24-7. I own you, but then after that you can live however you want. Great. It may not be um, what you actually want mm. and everyone loves it in theory until that's what's required for this. Now, I'm not saying that's the way to get rich. I'm just saying that as partners go through the evolutions of a business, what they might need to do or what's expected or what's needing to be done, whatever it is, can change in such a, ver- a variety of ways that it may not be right for now for that person. They might be the person who could do it but they can't do it right now at the 100% that's required to do it. And you have to allow your partners to have those exit points as well. Allow them that contribution to be acknowledged. It might be they sell some of their shareholding. It might be they take a minor stake. It might be, but how do you get the most out of the relationship? Because if all the partners are coming in with the acknowledgement that there has been a contribution and how do we make sure you get everything you need, it's a hell of a lot easier when you have times where you actually have to change the conditions of the partnership because it naturally is going to happen. I think if you can start from the point of having an open conversation, going everything that I am on your side, if you have that agreement, you go, no matter what happens, I am on your side. So that allows you to have those robust conversations, that allows you to make the choice and go, well, if I am on your side and I see that you need to take a step back for a while, then that is what has to happen at that point. It's only when the partnerships become combative or going, where am I at, where are you at? But if I'm always coming from the point of – because I trust you guys implicitly. Yep. I know that – we may make some decisions that go left of field or those kind of things, but I know the intention is always to do the best you can by the by the people around you. So I'll go, okay, cool. Whatever that decision is, let's go at that. Yeah. But if you don't have that base agreement of we are in this together, it's us against or us yeah. fighting for, yeah. then the, it starts to get a bit creaky and those little cracks can open up fairly quickly. Agree. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, it is a very, very tough thing to navigate unless you're clear on what you need to get out of it. And for someone in a partnership that knows that they're no longer the partner they signed up to be because their priorities have shifted or um, they're losing interest or it's just not for them or whatever it is, it's understanding that you're coming from a place where you've changed the deal 
and you need to wear the consequences of that because a lot of people go, but I'm still a 50-50 owner. I, you just keep running the business. I'm going to keep my shareholding. And it's just it's a ridiculous way to look at it at different times because it's just there is no business if the other person walks away or you have to be fair and you have to understand how do I make this fair because generally if you're someone who behaves in that way, people don't want to lose you. They want you to stay involved. They want you to contribute. They want you to be remunerated for the efforts you've put, put in. But also on the flip side, you get some business people who go, no, listen, I've done enough of this. It's not really working. Um, I want to take a step back and just hold my shareholding or whatever it is and go, well, wait a minute, because of your partnership, this is where we're at. So you actually have to work out that you might be the problem. So why should you be remunerated for the work you've done? Because it was crap. It doesn't matter how you did it. This is how like there's a brutality around seeing the world and maybe crap's the wrong word. It, it didn't work out the right way but you didn't deliver. This partnership didn't get the result so something's wrong with it. Fix it. I think that's where we can probably be viewed sometimes a little cutthroat, Lana and I particularly. I, I wouldn't say it's brutal to be honest with you. We're, we're in oh. a business. Our job is to deliver the vision but also fairness is that everyone loses to the same extent. Yeah. Fairness is not the one person that everyone wins because we're not in a Disney fairy tale. Not everyone gets to win. But if you're in a partnership, you make sure that everyone wins as much as they possibly can. And that means someone has to lose, everyone has to lose a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, the, just the stress in that last sentence was a little bit off. Everyone deserves to win as much as they possibly can. Yeah. So in that, that remuneration isn't equal. No. Like if just this goes gangbusters and you guys like everything works to think you deserve to be remunerated, TK, more than anyone else in the business because you take more of the punches, you take more of the bullets. Couldn't agree more, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only joking. And in that but brutality not. that you were talking about, there's the opposite side to that. I have seen you through the businesses because we've always shared offices no matter what we're doing. You give everyone, the people, the opportunity to get the thing that they said they wanted. Absolutely. The thing that they said they wanted though, they don't realise what they're asking for. A lot of the times it's happened but you've provided the pathway. I agree. I would say that in some senses you've been a little soft in previous history. You've gone (laughs) far more, like you've gone further than I ever would have. Well, let me talk about an investment I make. And the investment I make is um, being able to sleep easily at night. My sleep is interrupted only by excitement of the next day, not because of things I'm worried about from my past. So I prefer to over-insure myself from giving everyone the opportunity to get their dreams. It's staff, um, friends, family, whatever it is. I will, if I have the ability try and give everything I can to allow them to take the step. So we have a saying here, we care, we don't carry. Care, not carry. And I'm not going to carry someone to where they want to go. I will give them the door that I believe I can provide for them to get there. But if they are unable to execute or do that, then that's their life. Bad luck. That's your choice. I'm not asking for handouts here and I'm not giving them to other people but I will present the opportunity the best I can. Yeah. But that allows for very peaceful sleep. Not everyone might agree with that, but that's just my way. And the great thing is with other people is you also don't have to be here. You don't have to take it. So if you don't want it, go. It's life. Go on your path. Like, <laughs> I, let me uh, pave it. Like when if someone wants to leave, 
our company is great. I try and find them a job that they really want. I want them to be happy. I just want them out of my way too. As in it, it works for both of us and that's the thing. I think our intentions has been as good as they could be most of the time but even when there are times where we could choose either way, I feel that we've always kept people's um, best interests top of mind in decision-making yeah. sometimes at the um, detriment of our personal financial gain but that's okay. I mean as I said, that's an investment in sleeping well. It's an exciting part of business. I, I must admit, I mean, I've, you guys are looking and we're sort of smiling because we've gone through so many iterations and experiences in this area. But last thing, if Lana, what would be your one piece of advice if you're in a partnership that – and Nigel, I'm going to ask you the same thing. So just to – yeah. <laughs> I'm just, there is an edit button, so <laughs> I've got this new thing. Just throw people under the bus and see what happens. But what would be the thing that? Maybe I'll phrase it in an easier way. What's the one thing that you always want to bring to a partnership, and what's the one thing that you think is detrimental to a partnership? Okay, the one thing that I will always bring is the decision making. I will always happily make the decision in a partnership yep. just so that we keep moving. It might be wrong. The person, other people, person might hate that but I, that's my promise because that's what I have to do. The other one was what's detrimental. Yeah, what do you think is most detrimental in a partnership? Just a misalignment of, to Nigel's point, a misalignment of what if you ask for something or you – partners say that they this is what we want when you get there you have to agree that you got there just because it's not how you wanted it to look it might be that you wanted to grow a, your business to 15 employees you've grown it to 15 employees just say it's going to be harder there's going to be bigger problems there's going to be bigger issues but you made this decision that we were going to get to this point and so the biggest detrimental element to a partnership is not actually realizing and agreeing on that you got there and you achieved it just because it's not what you thought it would look like. Yeah, that's, you know, it's not the time to blame. It was the first goal and then we evaluate from there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can change the direction and whatnot, but from what I've seen in you know, some of the businesses that we have owned but also people that we've worked with through the consulting, the only time there really is this issue, it's the communication. But if it's not what one person thought it would look like, they don't acknowledge that they did achieve. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Nigel, how about you? What's the thing that you bring? <laughs> I think my biggest skill set in those things and I think the thing that will see a partnership through anything is loyalty. Yep. I will Ooh, yeah. I will take the punches. I will do what – if I'm bought in, then that's it. Whatever – if you guys ask me – It's your superpower, mate. The thing that um, could destroy a partnership – it's when you forget about the other people and you start thinking about what's in it for me. I think and that's where all of the, I think that for me that's where a lot of this discussion sort of comes from. As soon as you're thinking about you alone, then it's becomes everything becomes bigger and everything becomes a reason not to or this is what's wrong. And everyone's against me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I owe Alana five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm think I, I have the similar thing that I think maybe it's the best and worst all into one. But I think as a partner in anything, you need to bring bring complete responsibility, and 
for me in every partnership relationship is I feel 100% responsible for everything even if it's an action of someone else that I am contemplating because my responsibility is A, still, do I still want to be here or B, what can I do to affect this situation that needs to be done? But if people take ultimate responsibility and complete responsibility as partners, you end up just having so much care for the other person that you can find a solution. And I think for those out there that might be going through um, tough times or their partner's on their mind or they're having trouble with communication or they're really struggling in the partnership or they're feeling resentment towards their partner in both personal, um, professional, whatever, take responsibility. Take back the power of being able to solve it. Think about where you can be of effect or affect. But as soon as you start looking for things that are external, you've lost your power to be a great partner. So take total responsibility, total, without any caveats. As soon as you do that, pressure just falls off because you're back in power and you can start to make some positive decisions. It doesn't mean the partnership's going to survive. It doesn't mean things will be the same as they were. But at least you can look the person or your partner in the eye and be honest with them. If you've got that, that is a foundation that not many great partnerships have and I think as testament to all of us sitting in here, we've done it over many years from a place of immaturity to maturity to enjoyment to the ups and downs of everything from enjoyment, financial shifts and all that, that somewhere here we got the recipe right because we're still smiling, having fun and looking forward to coming in each day. So for those of you out there is um, I would listen completely to these guys' advice take it on board and um, I wish you even a percent of what we've got here because there is a little bit of it's a bit magical but it's something that you can build for yourself so partnerships if you're struggling with them um, go take back the power guys thank you very much it's an important conversation I think something that could help a lot of people but you're both awesome and um, to the next 10 20 50 100 years <laughs> <laughs> have a great week you too, buddy. Bye. See ya. Bye.